Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today is our third installment in our Fire Walk With Me coverage. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure what to call this episode. It's like a amalgamation of notes and deleted scenes, like the missing pieces and stuff like that. Yeah, I would say it's mostly going to be the missing pieces because mm-hmm. when I was watching it, I didn't realize it was an hour and a half. I thought it was just an hour. Me neither. So <laughs> I think we might not have time to cover a lot else. <laughs> yeah, I was, I also, because I was like uh, going through the DVD menu and it was like, next page, next page, next page. I was like, oh my God, there's so many of them. I, are they just from Firewalk With Me or are they also from Twin Peaks? No, they're just from Firewalk with me. Oh wow! Okay, so there was a quite a few people who were supposed to be in it that were not in it. <laughs> I know. I was feeling like if this had been part of the movie, which I don't think mm-hmm. it worked with the movie Firewalk with me, but if for mm-hmm. some reason he had decided to do it all together, I think it probably could have been like a five episode mini series or something. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I did think about that. That maybe would because some of those scenes I feel like. I really liked and I kind of wish we had in the movie. So, I mean, I always personally think a miniseries is <laughs> a great option because you can fit in so much more. But it would have been really yeah. interesting to have them all. Yeah, but then probably wouldn't have felt so strongly about smashing the TV at the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> but yeah, so I haven't actually watched this except for maybe like once or t- maybe like twice before now because they didn't really come out until fairly recently well Ah. (laughs) recent is a a changing word when you get older but (laughs) (laughs) like fast five years it was you know pre season three coming out but it wasn't until like one of the later dvd releases Mm. like closer to season three coming out so i don't know if you have the notes when it came out exactly but (laughs) (laughs) i i sure do (laughs) okay well then you can tell us okay let's see well wait wait before you tell us though i want to hear what you thought your first impression um oh yes you know our normal (laughs) podcast stuff uh (laughs) i really enjoyed it i was really excited to see some people we didn't get in the actual movie like nadine and ed and Uh we got a little bit of norma but i feel like we got more obviously in the missing pieces Uh uh-huh you know we got like lucy and harry and andy i know and And pete and pete and it was yeah so i was excited to see all those people and I also liked the extra bits that we got with uh, Agent Desmond and Stanley. Sam uh-huh. Stanley. I don't know if he's an agent necessarily, but <laughs> I kind of wish those were ones that I definitely wish were included just because I was like, you have like two famous people. Why not <laughs> put more of them in? Because they're both enjoyable to watch. Yeah. I mean, and there was more David Bowie. And yes, that was really more cool. Cooper even. <laughs> yeah. And we got a little bit um sort of post end of twin peaks season two just a yeah. tiny bit so yeah, that was what i was desperately wanting when i saw the movie originally. right <laughs> <laughs> so i really enjoyed it i thought it was fun to see like all these little pieces especially if they're part of a scene we did see and it was just mm-hmm. like extras or something but yeah i really enjoyed it and it felt like watching another little movie <laughs> yeah and it's edited together like a little movie <laughs> mm-hmm Edited by David Lynch. Has credits <laughs> and everything. <laughs> what about you? Do you remember your first time? Yeah, I feel like I started to say this, but I didn't really say anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't really. I remember watching it and mm-hmm. enjoying it, and obviously, when we were going over the movie, I was like, "Oh, this scene was in the movie," and then it was like, "No, it wasn't. It was just in my brain." Um, the missing pieces. <laughs> And there's quite a few that are kind of like that. And then there's some like the whole baby laxative thing that mm-hmm. I didn't remember at all. And I was like, well, this would actually kind of change the movie in certain ways. To... So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There were a couple of them where I was like, I'm, like, I liked them, but I'm glad they weren't included because I feel like it changes some dynamics. Yeah. And ultimately, as much as I love seeing all of the Twin Peaks characters, I just don't mm-hmm. think they necessarily 
have anything to do with Laura's storyline. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if they had had them interact with Laura more, I think maybe. But, you know, that would have mm-hmm. been a five-hour movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or and then, four, four hours, I guess. Right. Director's cut. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably more more that got cut, too. You know, That just never even made it to the missing pieces. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, now you can tell us some notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it came out August 28th, 1992. Let's see. Obviously... Well, Oh, okay. We're doing Fire Walk With Me notes. I forgot. (laughs) Yes, yes. And then, obviously, directed and written by David Lynch. I can look up when the Macy Pieces came out, though. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. She. Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks. (laughs) Missing Pieces. I think it was July 16th, 2014. Yeah, so that's, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that's pretty recent. Yeah, less than 10 years. Compared to 92. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah it's fairly fairly new if you think about it only a couple of years before season three yeah exactly and i was watching one of the special features and mm-hmm. i honestly i was watching it and thinking i feel like this is more in some ways related to season three because this is like because it was with the palmer family and david lynch mm-hmm. but it was filmed in like i guess 2013 2014 or something like that Mm. because they were talking about the missing pieces and they were talking about where their characters would be now and i was like "Uh, this feels very like (laughs) informing season three in certain ways so Mm. i almost was like the purpose i should do we should do an episode about these before we do season three like sure i I think that's a great idea Yeah, there's so well, many special features for season three too. So I don't know. That's gonna take us forever to get through. Get through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's important, especially if it came out only a few years before season three. I'm sure mm-hmm. David Lynch was already working on where Probably. everyone was gonna be at that time. Yeah, yeah. It kind of feels like oh, season three was like in the works perhaps and Mm -hmm. so he inspired him to go back and be like okay now i'm gonna release these missing pieces you know Mm. or maybe he released missing pieces and was like now i'm inspired to do a season three i don't know what order it went in but um they definitely feel like they go together interesting i mean these did feel some of the scenes felt very avant-garde in a way like Mm -hmm. those like extra long shots of someone with like the color changing or the people in the back the black lodge that felt very much from what the one scene i've seen in season three (laughs) it felt very (laughs) season three (laughs) yes definitely for sure (sighs) i just heard a fact today that made me think of season three and i was like oh there's no way i'm gonna remember this (laughs) (laughs) get a sticky note out (laughs) uh it has to do with the mauve room so we'll think about that Hopefully. <laughs> I'll try and file that away for later. Were there any more notes? Because I'm almost ready to go ahead and get into this. I say I let's get a into ton it. of notes on the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say let's get into it. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, because each, well, I just played all, but I did write down the names of each of the scenes. Ah, okay. So I think that ended up making like for twice as many notes as I might have done otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) Because everything needed a little bit of a... A A little comment or something. Exactly. (laughs) So some of the scenes are just extended and some of them Mm. are marked, aren't marked as extended, but I was like, I feel like this is an extended scene as well, but... Mm. Okay, so we start off, we're, we're basically, I think it's in chronological order as well as to how it would have been put in the movie. I think so. It felt yeah. like it. Yeah, some of them in the middle, I mean, I guess could be anywhere, but yeah, it felt like, so, because we start with Chet Desmond, and the first <laughs> scene is Desmond's MO, and it's just him and Sam Stanley leaving the morgue shed, <laughs> and <laughs> Sam says to Desmond that he has his own MO. i feel like sam stanley is such a like a quintessential david lynch character because he's just like 
just slightly off, like a little uh-huh. odd in a way, <laughs> like it, where it's like you notice it, but it's not something like that's overbearing. And he's just like, I feel like that's like a constant thing where they're like, I just like this one thing about this person. <laughs> I know. And they repeat it. <laughs> I wish he had somehow been able to uh, join the Blue Rose Task Force and be seen again. But I guess Albert I know. took the forensics place <laughs> yeah. in the task force. <laughs> yeah, especially considering in the later missing pieces scene where Cooper meets Stanley, he's like, I will not be telling you about the Blue Rose Task Force. <laughs> <laughs> That was a fun scene. It was. <laughs> okay, so the second scene is say hello to Jack. It's also an extended scene. Mm. And we kind of see the outside of Hap's diner, which I don't know mm. if we saw in the movie, but it has like a sad clown fluorescent sign. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting for a diner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... Jack. Oh, well, the reason it's called Say Hello to Jack is because the guy who's like, her name is Irene and it is Knight, which that I always thought was it. nice. But then listening to it, this time I was like, it's Knight. I could never tell yes. in my head. But <laughs> <laughs> his, he's got like a little tag on that says, say hello to Jack. But then the hello is crossed out and says <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> I, I did not catch that the first time, but I caught it this time. <laughs> it was very funny. <laughs> It's also so strange that there's just like three rando guys fixing a lamp in the middle of the night. (laughs) At a diner, like in a black black, uh, back closet. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, then we got Good Morning Irene. And Sam and Desmond are walking out to their car. It's, you know, just becoming light outside. Mm -hmm. And Sam... I don't remember what Desmond says, but Sam asks if he's talking in code. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. He's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. They were saying, he was saying that we need to go take a visit to the Fat Mouth Trout Trailer oh, Park, trout, whatever. Park. <laughs> he was like, are you speaking in code? Because it sounded so outlandish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the titular Irene walks to her own car. <laughs> the queen, the star. Yes. Okay, then we got, this one's coming from J. Edgar. So, oh, so this is the <laughs> fight Edgar. scene that yes. I um, remembered but didn't actually happen. <laughs> <laughs> this one was fun. Yeah. Very memorable scene. So, Sheriff Cable, he's all untucked and his shirt is open <laughs> and he's he bends a piece of rebar like in the um, picture. In the picture. <laughs> cable bend <and> steel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then he takes off his badge, and so does Chet, because there's going to be like a little brawl. So, fisticuffs. We got the deputy and the Lucy. <laughs> Bobo <laughs> Lucy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we got Sam and the other FBI agent. <laughs> They're just all standing there, like, we're just watching this happen. Of course. And, and the two are snickering the whole time. <laughs> I know. Well, because it starts off, uh, Sheriff Cable very much hits Chet, you know, mm. like in a surprise way, like when he's not really looking before they've really begun. So he gets a few punches in, but then Chet turns it around and basically keeps punching him in the face and he's kind of <laughs> teetering. Whoa. It reminded me um, when Andy stepped on the board. In <laughs> yes. <Peaks. laughs> he was like, oh. I was like, I know this is something David Lynch likes to do. Oh, for sure. Anyway, Sheriff Campbell goes down and Agent Desmond picks up the rebar and he bends the steel. (laughs) You're not special. (laughs) I don't know um, if it's just me, but I kept looking at Sheriff Cable and I was like, he looks just like the giant. He does have a bit of um, a very tall look about him. Yeah, like their faces are very similar and they have like the same kind of uh, like hair style just gave me giant vibes (laughs) (laughs) except for he's nowhere near as helpful (laughs) no of course not (laughs) uh okay so then we have cooper and diane that's a kind of a fun (gasps) scene (laughs) i love this scene it was so great (laughs) if only there was actually a diane in the office answering the questions but i know (laughs) cooper is kind of doing squats in diane's office 
doorway, <laughs> Diane's <laughs> office doorway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it seems like there's like a game they have um, trying to figure out what tiny things she's changed in her office. So mm-hmm. he's trying to figure out and he does. <laughs> <laughs> you moved her clock over 12 inches to the right. <laughs> <laughs> But that's a fun one. I would have loved like a little Diane quip, but maybe that's why the scene wasn't included because it's know. like why it feels <laughs> it's just him silently talking to someone who's obviously right. not there. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, oh, Cooper and Diane, best friends. <laughs> best friends. Okay, <laughs> then we have Stanley's apartment. And this is the one where Cooper goes, I didn't realize this was his apartment. It seems like a (laughs) office of some sort. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Maybe he just lives there at the office. (laughs) Maybe. But Cooper's going to talk to him. Sam is kind of fishing for answers about the blue rose, but Cooper will not tell him. (laughs) (laughs) And it ends with him looking under, I don't even know what that, some sort of a, projector like <laughs> i want to see microscope but it wasn't a microscope magnifier that's probably some sort of it's weird. huge could it just use like one of those <laughs> right <laughs> when well, it also has like this red light that's some i guess picks up something who knows it wasn't very it wasn't explained super in depth <laughs> that's a weird contraption <laughs> of course but they're looking at the letter under the nail yes okay now here's one that i wrote a lot about it's called Buenos Aires slash above the convenience store. <laughs> There's so much in this. So much. <laughs> okay, so we start off. We're in like a fancy hotel, presumably in Buenos Aires. Mm-hmm. There's like a harpist in the lobby. There's dancers <laughs> and guitar players. Uh, it was very, uh, very luxe. I was like, are we watching a Jane Austen? <laughs> <laughs> Jane Austen set in South America. Yes. And David Bowie, a.k.a. Philip Jeffries, is checking in. And he asks if Miss Judy is staying. And the receptionist says that an old lady left him a letter. Mm. And then we start getting the conveni- above the convenience store, the Black mm-hmm. Lodge or whatever. And a lot of, there are so many mouth close-ups in the scene. Ooh, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> There's some interesting new lines that, because all of this is very, well, we don't get any of the hotel in the movie, but uh, all of this stuff, other stuff is very much all just a jumbled mess that you can barely make out what is happening in the movie so you get to really like hear all the lines and everything but like uh he says i think it's the arm who's saying this Mm -hmm. the chrome reflects our image Mm -hmm. from pure air we have descended we get a lot more focus on more of the denizens in there and one of one of them says this might still be the arm intercourse between the two worlds I feel like all of this is like clue, 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 clue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then we see the uh, the arm and Bob in the red room. Mm-hmm. And we get a shot that's later in the movie of Laura. But it kind of in this scene looks like Laura is peering into the red room somehow. Like she's seeing them in there, like in yes. her drug induced state. And then we get also the Jeffrey scene at the FBI without all the intercutting. Yes. In which he says, of course, we live inside a dream. And he found something in Seattle at Judy's. Mm. And and there they were. Like, I'm assuming he's talking about the people we just saw in the Black Lodge. Yes, because he mentioned something about above a convenience store. Yes. And he followed them. So maybe what we're seeing is when he followed them to their meeting. But then we go to February 1989, which is when the show starts, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think that's the beginning of Twin Peaks, the original series. And he disappears from the FBI office and reappears at the hotel with a big burn mark on the wall behind him. Mm-hmm. And he screams and the other people who see him <laughs> are really freaking out. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was creepy. It was uh, <laughs> like, especially when he goes up to Cooper and he's like, do you know who he is? And I was like, trying to like this whole scene made me think about like, is it one of those like things where like the Black Lodge and the White Lodge, like all these other planes exist outside of time so all time is kind of happening at the same time and he knows that 
yeah, because it feels like it's him sort of seeing uh, Bob take over Cooper. Well, and we get this this repeated phrase, I believe, throughout the series and throughout all of Twin Peaks is, is it future or is it past? So I think it's like all kind of existing outside of time, Mm -hmm. at least when you're talking about these like Black Lodge denizens and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. They don't move at the same time. It's not the same there. Exactly. And yeah, and the him teleporting. Did was he still there after he went back to the hotel or did he disappear again? You mean after he reappeared at the hotel? Yes. I don't think we see him disappear again. I think we just see him reappear. But presumably he disappeared from there, then showed up at the FBI, then disappeared from there, and then showed up back at the hotel. But I don't know where Seattle came into it. (laughs) Yeah, well that's why I was like he said something about Judy's in Seattle. Seattle's in Washington, like Twin Peaks. So yeah, is like Seattle kind of where, like in the universe, the Black Lodge is? Maybe. Well, I mean, Interesting. Josie used to go to Seattle a lot, and she was mm-hmm. up to no good there. <laughs> exactly. It was, yeah, it was, it felt like he was, di- he saw too much, and he was divulging too much information, and people at the Black, the denizens at the Black Lodge were like, no, you have to go away now. <laughs> we'll suck you right back up. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, moving on to the next one. <laughs> the scene is called Mike is the man slash sharing a cigarette. <laughs> and it's just kind of like the almost the opening scene of the movie. But we see mm. a little more of the dialogue between Mike and Bobby. And Mike is concerned about them owing Leo $5,000. And we actually <laughs> hear... <laughs> the Mike no uh Bobby uses the um snake nickname for Mike which mm-hmm. we only heard I swear one time in the series <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> we made such a comment about it and then it never came back again of course <laughs> and then the girls walk by and then kind of part of that same section is Laura going back to her house and helping her mom by holding her cigarette while she <laughs> has her arms full of groceries <laughs> and borrowing the car of course. Yeah. The, uh, I, I wrote down for this scene that I like how no one takes Mike seriously. Even Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's just kind of a doof. Yeah. But, you know, I have a soft spot in my heart ever since him and Nadine got together. <laughs> <laughs> just an interesting combo for sure. Okay. So then school books. Mm-hmm. Sarah confronts Laura about lying in the previous scene about not she said she was coming home to get some school books but she wasn't Mm -hmm. and Laura's like well it's gonna go to Bobby's and I know you don't like Bobby and blah 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 and Sarah slams her hand on the piano and is like (laughs) you don't have to lie to me it's like okay (laughs) (laughs) at that point I was like "Uh, it seems like she does because (laughs) (laughs) it seems like you are overreacting yeah but then it kind of divulged into more yeah sincere yeah we get a little emotion. bit more family like good family moments in mm-hmm. the missing pieces like the next scene called the palmers mm-hmm. they're <laughs> an actual fun scene i mean it's a little weird mm-hmm. but it's still a fun scene around the dinner table as opposed to all the other dinner table scenes we see <laughs> which are awful <laughs> <laughs> Well, we start off with Sarah and Laura at the table. Then Leland starts stomping around. You can see like everything's <laughs> shaking. <laughs> yeah. He pretends to be a giant, and he like has this axe on a board that he kind of turns around and presents. And then he starts speaking in Norwegian because the Norwegians <laughs> are coming. <laughs> and then he teaches them all how to introduce themselves in Norwegian and they all just crack up and kind of maniacally giggle at each other <laughs> for a little while. <laughs> it was like a a very sweet scene. And it was. I feel like the these scenes that we have between like Laura and her mom and then like the Palmers all being sort of like happy and somewhat supportive of each other it feels like i kind of wish we had more of that yeah. and not just the dour like awful scenes yeah yeah i agree i guess it probably was just a matter of time that they mm-hmm. took it out you know yeah i mean they weren't like vital but i think it just you know it kind of gives you not it's just... more yeah it helps show laura's shock 
by what she is finding out. Yes. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. the change where he becomes like full Bob. It's like, oh, exactly. no wonder she's like screaming at the top of her lungs. Yeah. Although, I mean, as fun as that scene is, he is a bit creepy in it anyway. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think he's always creepy just because. He I is know. kind of always creepy. <laughs> he just has that kind of creepy dad vibe. <laughs> okay. Then we get Laura's party. This is just like a re- random weird scene. Basically, mm-hmm. Laura running th- into the night, gets into a big rig, was obviously some sort of assignation set up by Leo, and mm-hmm. they drive away. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> yep. She's uh, performing sexual favors for cocaine. Yes. Oh, then we get one of my favorite scenes, two by four. <laughs> <laughs> because the- I- most quintessential David Lynch comedy scene. I know. I mean, because at this point, it's like one of the only movies that we get without Pete, which who his name I Jack know Nance. It. Jack Nance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but prior to his death, that right. David Lynch did. So it's like, oh, good, we had a little Pete in there. We needed him. I know. I was happy to see him. <laughs> and also, Josie's in that scene with pretty curly hair. And we get mm-hmm. the banker who's in the final episode. <laughs> 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 and this is such a, this is like David Lynch indulging himself scene because mm-hmm. it's all about how wood is not actually two by four. It's like <laughs> one in, I don't know. <laughs> I learned all this stuff in shop class, but mm. it's just one of those funny, like a woodworker rant type of a thing. Oh, and... for sure. <laughs> <laughs> a two by four is not actually a two by four. <laughs> but at the end, Pete starts comparing the wood to money and mm-hmm. the banker finally gets it. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> then we get kind of quiet which is the Meals on Wheels scene. Mm-hmm. And it's just extended. So first, Ed and Nadine come in, which is mm-hmm. fun I was to so see. excited. I know. But Nadine sees Norma and immediately turns around and leaves. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know she works here. <laughs> exactly. It's like she works there every day. Yeah. <laughs> Once Laura runs off, Norma tells Shelly to do the run, mm. that there's no one there anyway. And... Shelly's like a little bit worried about Leo, but Norma's like, I'll take care of Leo if he comes. <laughs> I was like, yes, I want to see that, please. Yeah. And then presumably Toad says that it's kind of quiet and mm-hmm. Norma sits down and cries at the booth. And then Ed comes back in and sits with her and apologizes. And you can tell she's just trying to like hold it in. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he leaves, she starts crying again. Uh, breaks my heart. I know those two. This scene, especially like the sort of the reluctance that Shelly has to help Laura. I was like, what's the beef between Laura and Shelly? And I feel like we never... I think it's just because she's dating Bobby and she's... And she likes Bobby? Well, because she's she's dating Bobby on the side and she doesn't want Laura to find out. (laughs) Oh, I thought that happened afterwards. After Laura. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Because they've, they're, they're <laughs> already together when they when we find out about Laura. That's true. That's true. And then I also wrote down that I wonder why Shelly never had any like Black Lodge experiences like herself. Because it seems mm. like her life is very full of darkness. Yeah. And you would think, is it more of like her not giving into that darkness and it just surrounding her? And that why she never got approached? Or I don't know. Very interesting. I think... <laughs> I'm not really sure, but my guess, my initial guess is that Shelly just is kind of like me and that she doesn't have a lot of like, like a ghost could come and knock on her mm-hmm. head and she'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't always feel anything. <laughs> <laughs> She's just not connected with that sort of yeah. spiritualness. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Then we get best friends. Mm-hmm. which kind of leads into the next scene too but it's just this one is particularly donna and laura hugging when you know after laura sees her dad coming out of the house and donna assures her and she also admits that she's afraid she's too uptight for laura <laughs> and <laughs> yes <laughs> laura says that she gets happier sometimes just thinking about her face which Aww. is just such a sweet thing to say it is. And then kind of leading into that is 
I'm the muffin slash the ring, mm-hmm. which they're in, in the living room. Donna is talking to Laura about how she's thinking about doing it with Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and Laura doesn't seem to think she should. And <laughs> I think she shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which makes me go, oh, so her and James, that was her first time. Which, I don't know, maybe they said it in the series. I just don't remember. But Me neither. Donna calls and requests a huckleberry muffin from her mother. <laughs> then Doc Hayward comes out and does a magic trick. And he <laughs> questions why he, a doctor, who lets no one smoke in his home, lets Laura smoke in his home. And she's like... It's because you love me. And he's like, I do, you little smoking whippersnapper. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we know Laura's really good at manipulating men. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> did not shock me at all. Yeah. And she's just so beloved. Everyone loves Laura. Of course. So Eileen comes out with some muffins. <laughs> I can't remember how many. She was like, I put three whole huckleberries uh, in each muffin. I think she I said like, like, she put like seven in each one. <laughs> she was like, I put seven. Uh, but she does look very concerned. And of course, I can't, re- I don't know where the secret message that Doc has for Laura I don't know if it's someone call or something, but he's got a secret message for her. And it's that the angels will return when you see the one who's meant to help you. You will weep with joy. And I was like, this scene should have been in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the these both of these scenes, I feel like to me were like top, like should have been in the movie just yeah. because I really love the scene between the conversations between Laura and Donna kind of like, yeah, you know, speaking more to their relationship and kind of like how much they actually truly loved each other. Um, Cause I feel like, especially like the TV show, it's just like, we keep being reminded how disconnected they are and like how much Donna mm-hmm. didn't know about her. And I feel like we got more of that obviously in fire walk with me. So it's just like, it would have been nice to be like, well, sometimes they acted like actual best friends. And yeah. And it was really nice to see also Donna's family as mm-hmm. like a contrast to Laura's family and how, right accepting they are of Laura and right. how she's kind of fits in as part of the family. So it just really yeah. adds like a whole nother layer to that. Yeah. And I think it's just really shows that that's the kind of family that Laura wants. Yeah. It's just a nice normal family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And at the end of the scene, Leland calls and Ugh. you kind of, because the whole time, this is still the scene right after she's found out and she looks very disturbed, especially when she's mm-hmm. eating the muffin and everything. So she has to go home. Donna's parents look sad. But before she leaves, she tells Donna that Donna is the muffin. And <laughs> Donna s- says, no, you're... I, I, anyway, at the, as she's leaving, she screams, no, I'm the muffin. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, Donna. I'm the muffin. <laughs> And then as part of this scene, we get Cooper and the red room Mm -hmm. with the arm and the ring. And this is when it says, this is the same dialogue as the original red room scene. Is it future Mm -hmm. or is it past? Mm -hmm. And that's where he says, don't take the ring. Don't take the ring, Laura. (laughs) Then we get the scene. Bob speaks through Laura slash blue sweater. And... It's kind of, we have the fan and we hear Bob talking to Laura that Mm -hmm. he wants to taste through her mouth and she grimaces. Then Sarah calls for her and she's like, I guess in an earlier scene, she had found the sweater that, sorry. It was the scene where, uh, like when Laura gets home and she's like, I went looking for my sweater. Exactly. And I saw your books. (laughs) exactly well now she's looking for her blue sweater and laura is like you're wearing it (laughs) (laughs) but sarah is very upset by this and is like it's happening again so Mm. Mm. this yeah this was um was kind of disturbing in a little bit of a way Mm -hmm. just because like it made me start to wonder about sarah more and i kind of wish we got more sarah in the show just because like is her sort of like she always seems to be sort of broken partially from reality and is it like from long-term exposure to bob because she's technically 
in bed with Bob every single night. I know. Well, I feel like it could be a couple of things. One, we don't really find out until season three, but Sarah does have certain Mm. seeming connections. But it could also just be as much as Leland is clearly drugging her on a regular Mm. basis. So maybe that is affecting (laughs) her memory. (laughs) Yeah, like long-term medical effects. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, then we have Sunday at the Johnson's. (laughs) We just get a scene of a bunch of people getting out of church, and then we cut over to the Johnson house where Leo is scrubbing the floor. We saw this Mm. scene. Um he just elaborates that you have to clean below the surface where the dirt is, which felt kind of like, I don't know, just like symbolic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wrote, I I think all I wrote for this scene was that I wanted Leo to be taken by Bob. <laughs> Cause I hate Leo so much. <laughs> well, in a way it's not Bob, but he gets taken by Wyndham Earl who is searching to be a Bob. Be Bob. He wants yeah. to be a Bob. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and he's, almost crazier than that mm-hmm. i mean he does end up with tarantulas barely well i mean tarantulas aren't really that bad but whatever they're okay. just gross <laughs> <laughs> then we go to the scene smash up oh, this is a good scene norma and ed are cuddling in the truck at night oh so sweet ed has this portable breath tester that harry gave him and <laughs> he presumably blows very high and is like we're gonna be here for a while (laughs) so they look for a song on the radio and it just sounds very they're like it sounds so far away because you can barely Mm -hmm. hear it and norma says it's you and me you can barely hear us (laughs) (gasps) they're so perfect together and it's just so sweet i know (sighs) and ed is like we're lucky and she's like we're just one big giant smash up (laughs) (laughs) And I was trying to find that song because I was like, oh, what song is this? This is like, I, I, I know this song. Mm-hmm. It sounded but familiar. I, I looked through all the soundtrack songs that I could find and I couldn't mm-hmm. find it. But then I looked on Reddit and somebody said it was some theme, just the AM oh. version. So it's probably on the archives, which maybe gotcha. hopefully we'll be able to cover someday. But it's like five hours of music and you can only really <laughs> watch it on or listen to it on YouTube. So interesting (laughs) (laughs) okay so then we go to the power and the glory which is them driving to canada (laughs) very drunk and dangerously i guess it's donna's guy quote unquote who's doing Mm. the driving and he like does a wheelie when he parks (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy (laughs) and when they get there they all do coke except for donna is like no which good for you donna <laughs> yeah but well let's just go let's go ahead and get through a scene okay well and then <laughs> they go through this trashy bar to a door mm-hmm. in the back which i used to work at a bar my mm. one of my first bartending jobs was at was you walk through a liquor store to get to the bar in the uh, back. <laughs> it uh-huh. just kind of reminded me of that anyway and the bar the door said the power and the glory Mm-hmm. that was the club they were at where mm-hmm. <laughs> they're getting like nude yeah well what i was gonna say not that i necessarily advocate for donna doing drugs especially cocaine but just i felt like <laughs> the way she said no it wasn't just like oh no she was like no <laughs> and that's when laura was like ah you're such a buzzkill <laughs> which it kind of made me laugh a little bit just because <laughs> it kind of was a little bit of a buzzkill move but um <laughs> well i was surprised she said no because you I know. know she seems so willing to go along with this entire crazy evening but i know but i wonder um i feel like i liked this scene because it kind of really illustrates to us it would kind of provide more context in the series about why donna feels a certain way about laura uh-huh. Like, there are points in the series where she kind of is, like, upset with Laura. Yeah. And not just because Laura lied to her, but just because I feel like she has, like, basically said without saying that sometimes Laura was a bitch. And yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is a great scene to show, like, when Laura's in that, like, I call it her Bob mode because mm-hmm. she's doing all the bad stuff. She can be so mean. She just, like, switches. And I think yeah. it was, would be important to see that. Yeah. She does it to Bobby several times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Definitely. But I care less about Bobby. Well, of course. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, then we get, oh, okay. Then we get Fire Walk With Me, which <sighs> is Mike, the one-armed man, sitting by a circle of candles. This is a, one of those played backwards scenes. Mm-hmm. So it looks like he's putting out the candles with mm-hmm. the like absorbing match the fire. one by one. Yeah. That's really cool. And it also really reminds me of the international pilot, which we definitely should do at some point because it's mm-hmm. got like this whole, it's kind of like this in that, you know, the David Bowie scene in which uh-huh. in the series, it's kind of all mashed up, but we get to see like the full played out scenes. Ooh, so I like that. at some point we'll have to watch that. Okay. Then we get party girl, <laughs> <laughs> which is the flashback scene. First, we get Leland calling Teresa. We see that he found her through Flesh World. Ugh, good old Flesh World. <laughs> she tells him to meet him at the Red Diamond City Motel, room 123. <laughs> it's like, let's go. <laughs> As in, <ready>, set, go. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's so greasy in the scene. <laughs> I know, it's gross. <laughs> and it's funny because he has two phone calls in exactly the same spot in exactly the mm-hmm. same position, but like presumably from two different times. Mm-hmm. So I also think that Teresa was killed at that hotel. I thought she was killed in her trailer. Well, I was seeing something on Facebook the other day and someone was like, where's the TV in her trailer? Did Carl clean it up? And it made me think, well, uh, I think she was killed in the hotel. So that would make sense. That's, that's just TV. what my, my theory is. <laughs> Okay, so then we see Teresa telling Laura and Ronette that the guy split and it's just us girls. But then we, got we see. The cash. Yeah, we got the cash, the important part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we see Teresa calling Jacques and asking about both of their fathers. And then mm-hmm. she kind of plays dumb, but Jacques looks suspicious. Mm-hmm. And then she calls Leland and then he looks pissed. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, uh, don't ever call me at this number or whatever. Yes. And presumably she, that's when she blackmailed him. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you sleep with <laughs> a sex worker who's also working with your daughter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Then we get Don't Forget slash Laura's Secret Stash. And basically, don't forget it's Johnny Horn's birthday today. <laughs> <laughs> we never see Johnny or his birthday, but there's yep. a couple mentions of it. And then we see her trying to get to her secret stash in the diary. Mm-hmm. It's not really that big of a scene. No. Um, I did read somewhere that... Oh, what the Who's the actor who plays Ben Horn? Uh, Richard, uh, Richard Beamer. Beamer. <laughs> he apparently... I don't know if this is necessarily true. This is what I've read somewhere. But that he did not want to be in the fire walk with me. Because there was going to be a scene with him like kind of forcing himself. Like kissing Laura and... He felt like that wasn't something his character would do, but I was like, <laughs> I think it's definitely something his character would do. Hundred <laughs> percent. You were he go- the one of the main suspects in her death. <laughs> well, and also you were one of the biggest customers at One Eye Jacks, where you're having sex. You with... owned it, <laughs> right? <laughs> you're having sex with underage girls, and you're trafficking them through your department store knowingly. So, yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily true that. Richard Beamer said that, but if he did, then... I wouldn't be surprised, but this is, again, mm. this was still in the early after Twin Peaks where everybody yeah. was a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then we get Bernie the Mule. Oh, and this is where he finally gets some Twin Peaks police force action. Yes. Hawk is talking to Harry, and mm-hmm. he tells him that Bernie the Mule left Canada. And I then I was like, is Bernie the Mule the guy that they shot? But I they, think so. I don't know what Bernie the Mule looks like. So again, I don't know. It's very ambiguous. I think so. Just because when we get that baby laxative scene, it does make me think, oh, was that cop? He was undercover. Because hmm. maybe know. he was pulling out his gun, obviously, to be like, you know. You're under arrest. Yeah, this is a setup. Maybe. Maybe Bobby baby. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Bobby baby. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Andy's also in the scene. Did I say that already? He says that he's coming in on foot and they all stare at each other for like an entire minute. <laughs> <laughs> and Harry asks him a question and Andy's like, no, I just thought it was a long hike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andy. <laughs> then, okay, I killed someone. Mm. This is at the school. We kind of see a little 
bit of this scene in the movie, but Bobby gives Laura the money from the mm-hmm. drug deal gone awry to put in her safety deposit box, which we do find out at the beginning of the series, like she had $10,000 in her safety deposit box. Right. And she's still kind of giggling about him killing Mike, which <laughs> is not having. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, because he's like, I killed someone. And she's just like, whatever. <laughs> uh, then we get the scene Baby Laxative. Mm-hmm. which just adds a whole new level to the last couple of the last day, presumably, or two days of Laura's life. Right. But Bobby drives to the woods, gets out the giant bag of drugs, and he tests it, and he's like, it's not even real, and he throws it all around. Yeah, baby laxative. <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> which makes sense, because mm-hmm. why would you bring a gigantic bag of cocaine to a drug deal that you weren't even going to really, you were going right. to kill the person. <laughs> exactly. Or you're okay. going to arrest or them. arrest them. Then we get, Ooh, send me a kiss, which has Jacoby showing up. Mm-hmm. Very kind of creepy scene. Jacoby calls mm-hmm. Laura at first. You're like, Oh, he's doing his due diligence as a, you know, therapist yep that's what i thought because <laughs> <laughs> he's wondering why she didn't show up yesterday and she, he's like you're gonna have to deal with your problems and then he weirdly tells her to send him a kiss and she sneers and hangs up on him <laughs> as she should i like how he was like when he asked how why she didn't show up he she was like uh, it was ben horn's birthday i couldn't <laughs> like what do you think <laughs> Yeah, it did make me, I was like, oh, why are there so many creeps and, like, uh, basically pedophiles in Twin Peaks? Because <laughs> so much, like, uh, predatory men. Ugh. Yeah, that's, well, that's why at the beginning, you know, there's so many suspects because they're all so creepy. Horrible. <laughs> okay, then we get asparagus. <laughs> at dinner, Laura is talking to Sarah and she says she hates asparagus and then Leland is not here for this scene. She says no. she's going to Bobby's to do her homework. Leland had to stay late for work. I think this mm. is the, actually the last night. Once Laura leaves, Sarah sits alone smoking at the table. Mm-hmm. Then Laura... Oh, we're going to say something else. Uh, I just thought it was funny how at the beginning she said she doesn't like asparagus. <laughs> her mom was <laughs> like, yeah, of course you do because it's good for you. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like... Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, mom. (laughs) (sighs) It's one of those weird foods that you're like, I hate it. But then you're like, no, I actually like it. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) Oh, we get Bobby and Laura in the basement. And this scene is kind of fun just because we get to see Garland and Betty in their Mm -hmm. living room reading the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're reading from Revelations. It's like very fire and brimstone death Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But Betty is just like staring lovingly at him as he's reading yep, about and just knitting the end and... of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I like how when the doorbell rings, she has like this little tiny like footstool that she's like, <laughs> let me move this footstool so I can get up. <laughs> it's just so very cute. Yeah, it was it was nice to see them. It was. So Laura goes to find Bobby in the basement. He tells her about the laxative. She's desperate and he gives her some. Mm. Which I guess we see him giving her some in the movie. Yeah. Oh, and then I... when she comes out. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say when she comes out, Garland is reading aloud about an angel. So more mm. angel talk. <laughs> How apropos. Bobby is like so annoyed by his dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like how after Laura leaves, he lights a cigarette. Robert puts that <laughs> cigarette out. And he's just like, well, whatever. I'm going to keep smoking it. <laughs> he hears him talking and reading from the Bible before he sees him. And he's just like rolls his eyes at him. <laughs> I really liked the scene just because it was like very interesting to see Bobby and Laura together. How they're acting like Laura is just like obviously so desperate for like the coke and the numbing feeling. And like you could tell Bobby is just like desperate for her. Yeah. And she does like not want to give him anything and it's just like two different kinds of desperation but they like act it so well it was just a really cool scene i wish there had been a scene of him and um shelly in this just yeah like a little side a different side of him in this Mm -hmm. 
But whatever. Okay. <laughs> I gotta hurry up because I'm getting <laughs> long. Okay. Then we have Goodnight Lucy. Mm, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Lucy's at her desk. She's calling down for Harry. She's at like her most clueless. <laughs> <laughs> Josie called. She thought she heard a prowler. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. I better get down there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he leaves Andy to monitor the radio because I guess Hawk is ben, on. Benny. Yeah, Hawk must be looking for Benny. The He's casing. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> something. He's casing for something. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to tell when they don't really put any of it in the movie, but. Right. Yeah, Lucy's just very confused by the intercom and she gets surprised <laughs> when Harry shows up because she thinks she's talking to him and then she thinks she's talking to Andy and they both scare each other in the hallway. It's, it's very cute. <laughs> Who am I talking to? <laughs> oh, and then we get Waiting for James, which is an extended scene, which is mm. terrifying. It's oh my God. When she crawls out of her window, she sees her dad come home and goes to hide in the bushes and he's walking up to the steps and he keeps staring at the spot that she's hiding in. There's no way he could see her in there. But I I mean, like it's like he senses her and she's terrified. It's terrifying because he's got his most Bob expression on. Mm -hmm. Uh, That scene gave me chills. I kind of do wish I was in there just because it fits the theme. I like the tone of the whole movie. Yeah. I mean, we do see him watching so, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of get the feeling of it, but just the whole, like, him, like, knowing she's there when she's... Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> it's scary. Yeah. So, oh, and then James shows up and she gets on the bike. Okay, then we right. get, oh, distant screams, and it's just the log lady, or Margaret, uh, I should say, crying, hearing Laura's screams in the distance. Yeah, I was like, this must be when she's being murdered. <laughs> yeah, it was it's definitely horrible. This, the murder scenes. <sighs> But we skip all the murder because we go straight to the lonesome foghorn blows, which I really thought Pete was going to show up again. But it's just Laura. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, it's just basically her wrapped in plastic in the lake. It's just her in the lake. Yeah. Then we get epilogue, which mm. is really interesting. There's a lot to this as well. It says some months later and we get the picture of the sycamore trees. So I guess some months later is the show because it really yeah. takes place in a short time period. So we see the sycamore trees. Then we see Annie bloody on a stretcher at the hospital. Mm -hmm. And we see Cooper in the red room with the arm. And the ring is gone. But we get the same dialogue that we've seen several times. Um, Is it future? Is it past? And he asks, where's the ring? And he says, someone else has it now. And Mm. Dale wonders if it's Annie. And then he asks, where am I and how can I leave? And the arm says... You're here now. There's no place to go but home. And it made me wonder, hmm. could Dale have just clicked his heels together all the time? <laughs> <laughs> <All this time? laughs> well, I feel like, you know, anything that is not like literal, like a, a literal realism kind of thing, I feel like it all takes some sort of inspiration from Wizard of Oz. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it would not shock me at all if they were like, you could have just gone home. <laughs> but the arm laughs and starts dancing. Mm-hmm. Then we see Annie in the hospital and she says her dialogue that she says in Laura's right. dream. That I feel like would have been interesting to see. Yeah. I mean, we do see it, but we see it in that dream that she had. Yeah. Well, I feel like it would have really cemented that whole like time is not the same because right. she has the ring as we find out. Yeah. 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 Or seen it like intercut with like the real. Yeah. That would have been yeah. interesting. So then we see the nurse who's, you know, nursing her. (laughs) Not nursing her. (laughs) I got what you meant, but then I thought about it and I was like, uh. (laughs) She sees the ring on Annie's finger and she takes it off and puts it on herself in a very, like, kind of menacingly way. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, is this nurse ever going to come back? But, you know, no, it's she's not dead. in the movie, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is where I kind of like, like all this talk about the ring, it makes me obviously think of Lord of the Rings and like the one ring to rule them all and how it kind of gives, you know, the wear access to this sort of like side plane of existence that exists alongside the normal uh-huh. plane. And I was like, I wonder if this ring is sort of something very similar where 
gives the wearer access to like the Black Lodge, which gives them access to like all time. And that's how Annie is putting in her warning and Cooper is and stuff like that. But, you know, clearly it's very tempting. Like, you know, you're not supposed to take the ring, but everyone does. So it's like, clearly it's very tempting to take it. It wants you to take it. Yeah. There's actually two books. Well, that went along with the new season three. One Mm. is a book that was like kind of, I think the history of the ring in the Black Lodge and stuff. Mm. It was written by Mark Frost. Interesting. We'll definitely have to read that one at some point. It, yeah, that sounds awesome. It it was pretty cool, but it was also kind of hard to get through. So I think reading it again <laughs> would be a good experience for me. <laughs> anyway, there is a, w- one more scene, and that is the final scene of season Ooh. two. We got Harry and Doc in Cooper's hotel room, and Cooper hits his head on the mirror, and then he does like a fake, he like lays on the ground because mm-hmm. he knows they're coming in. So he's very scary and creepy in the scene. And then we see a spoon of Garmambosia as the missing pieces <sighs> credits roll. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> very creepy. Yep. And that was it. That was all the missing pieces. Yeah. Clearly, as you can see, it's like almost a full movie. (laughs) Yeah. But it's really cool. I liked it a lot. Yeah, me too. It definitely adds a lot of context. And I feel like even though it wasn't in the movie, I feel like we could probably consider it somewhat canon because of the way it was released. And, you know, I mean, what in Twin Peaks is actually canon? I don't know. I don't think there is a definitive thing. I think you can pretty much choose what you want. But I like to believe that all this stuff did happen as well (laughs) yeah well you know with i feel like the existence of the black lodge the red room and the white lodge and like how they interpret time and existence like i feel like everything can be canon even if it sort of contradicts itself because i feel like they're influencing everything and they're changing things obviously to their liking whoever's doing the changing so yeah I would like to think that these are, especially because it was edited and released by David Lynch. Like, so yeah. he, it's not like it was like a third party thing. I'm pretty sure he would have been happy to have a four hour movie if he was allowed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I would love that. <laughs> Plus, like I said, when we started Firewalk With Me, I feel like somehow Firewalk With Me really added to the weird lore of Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm almost more so than the series and a lot of the stuff had to do with that and it made it either fleshed it out or made it more clear so you could really see Mm -hmm. what was going on and yeah it was a lot more of that yeah i think like it's important and really that's you know really what i'm the most interested about is all this mysticism the spiritualism and this kind of like otherness from reality that we don't really get explained even when they do talk about it. So yeah, I agree. I mean, that's what makes Twin Peaks so special, you know? Exactly. I mean, it might've been one of the first, I guess, I don't know, but it was definitely, you know, there's, there's a million other whodunits out there now, Mm -hmm. but there's, there's still nothing that quite like it does. (laughs) Like Twin Peaks. (laughs) Oh yeah. I agree. (sighs) But (sighs) I know you have to be going soon, and we already reached an hour, so I guess that's all we can really do for today. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, I'm sure we'll be fine. We might have more to say in our check-in when we do our next one, and yeah, December is going to be all about (laughs) decompressing what what we've done over the past few months, or exactly decompressing. But um, I know what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> you all know what I mean. I can't talk today. I'm yeah. having antihistamine withdrawal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was a lot of fun. I'm glad we did this. Me too. And yeah, I'm I'm definitely glad we did this as part of the fire walk with me because it's so cool. I remember the first time mm-hmm. I saw it, I was like, wow, I can't believe that there's a whole other movie in here. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, how long was that original script? <laughs> seriously and it's just nice to see oh you did get everybody back it's not like you know yeah you didn't it's want not to. like yeah or they, or they were didn't like, want to <laughs> yeah yeah i mean clearly you know it's a very influential project for a lot of these people yeah and josie i mean 
she left the series, but she still came back for a firewalk. I know. <laughs> that made me so happy. Even if it was just like a quick little like five minute scene. Yeah. Oh, God. I wish we'd have seen Laura with her, Laura with Johnny Horn. I know. <laughs> but it's not fair. Know, we can't have everything. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Well. But I guess that's all for today. Thank you, guys. Yes. Next week, we're going to do a Halloween spooky movie episode. And then mm-hmm. it's back to the last half of Pride and Prejudice. I know. I'm so excited. Let us know what you think of The Missing Pieces and Firewalk With Me and... If you have any interesting observations that you'd like to tell us. Yes. (laughs) Or questions. Any good insights or questions. That would be great. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Yes. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Good night. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can DM us on Instagram at Manners and Madness Pod. Or you can DM us on Twitter at Manners Madness. Or you can email us at Gmail using mannersandmadness at gmail.com. And if you would like to leave a voice message on our website, you can at managedmadness.com. And it's about a minute long. Yes. And we would absolutely love it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify or the podcast app of your choice. It really means a lot to us and helps get more people to listen to the podcast. Also, we have a donate button, which is on our website, Mm managedmadness.com as well. (laughs) (laughs) absolutely any help is very much appreciated very much thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week good night bye